0: Love talk, Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Vellmert, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I am joined by Juliana Harpine as she shares her journey from gymnast to doctor of physical therapy. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Sedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Be sure to save the date for our virtual Brain Injury Awareness Day event on March 16th. Register for free at FacesofTBI.com slash event. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine and you grab your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at newselmer. Also, don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Juliana Harpine, and she was a gymnast since she was a child. Several concussions caused severe headaches and pain, such that she was ready to take her own life. She describes the feeling of two cinder blocks constantly banging on her head. Juliana was able to return to school and finish her Doctor of Physical Therapy degree at Belmont University in Nashville. She now resides in Pennsylvania and is a cast member of Quiet Explosions Healing the Brain, available on rent for rent on Amazon. Several of the cast and crew members from Quiet Explosions will be a part of our Awareness Day event with a live Q&A session. Be sure to register for free at facesoftbi.com event. Welcome to the podcast, Juliana. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for
1: having me. I'm honored to be here and to be a part of helping spread hope and healing to many.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a great little phrase. I love that. Hope and healing. Um, So, Juliana, let's start at the beginning. You were a gymnast since a small child, um, and you suffered um, multiple concussions, or was there a big concussion that happened? What was your story um, with your concussion journey?
1: yeah so I was a gymnast since about three years old um, competed up into high school um, about you know freshman year of high school. I flew out of a tumbling path and um, you know slammed the back of my head on the on kind of the edge of the floor. Uh, concussions were just not something that were talked about back then. Sure, I suffered concussions before that that went undiagnosed um, mm-hmm. you know, and it was the sport has often been a, I don't care if it hurts, get back up there, do it again type of mentality. And so I took some ibuprofen I went back to practice. The next night I um, actually blacked out midair, mid flip, and came down on my head yet again. Um, this left me with, you know, the typical post concussive symptoms, but for another seven to eight months following that, um, a few other head injuries later, um, and then in June of 2013, um, actually fell on my head yet again. This is actually a work thing, um, but fell on my head yet again, and it just completely knocked me out of life. Um, yeah. And so that, that repetitive of um, multiple head injuries over, you know, an extended period of time, they each take their, co- their toll, and that was kind of the
0: final blow in two thousand and thirteen yeah, yeah, and you know so you were never really pulled from from gymnastics at all, like they never said, "Oh, you just hit your head, let 's take you out for a while." like nothing like that was ever done Not at first,
1: um, you know it we you know concussions weren't something.
0: Mm-hmm. concussions
1: have really been more, there's been more research and things about concussions and brain injury. You know, in the last five to ten years, we see it in NFL, and gymnastics is considered a non-contact sport.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, people tend to
1: forget that gymnastics <laughs> is a contact sport with the ground. <laughs> um, I actually yeah. treat some, some gymnasts now at a national training center, and just the other day, oh, well, when I broke my ankle, I did come down on my head okay, well, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Are you okay? What's going on? You know, and, and for me, it's, it, it, you know, in a sport like that, they, you don't really get pulled for something like that. After that second, what we learned was the second impact syndrome with those mm-hmm. two repetitive, one was unable to heal, you got another one. What we now know is second impact syndrome. Um, I was pulled from the sport for a little while. Um, I had coaches saying, well, so-and-so hit her head, And she was back in two weeks. Why aren't you back? Uh Um, Where at the time, the head of neurology at Jones Hospital of Philadelphia had said, well, she's just, you know, had a pretty bad head injury there. And she's really susceptible to this trauma. And and she needs to let it heal. And she needs the rest.
0: And what I think people don't understand, too, is, you know, it's cumulative, right? So you may have, like, had... Tumbles. you might not have even actually hit your head, you might have just had some tumbles and hard landings over the course mm-hmm. of your life that never affected you, but they were still cumulative. Mm-hmm. So then you finally get this one hit that just was like, knocked it all into place, so to speak. Um, and now yeah. you're struggling, right? So, yeah. you know, you can't compare any two concussions, like there's no two are the same, Um because you have no idea how many times that girl may have hit her head, too, right? Um, and, and again, no two recoveries are the same. So it's so unfair. Um, I know I met a young girl in high school. Um, they weren't giving her the accommodations that her doctor requested. They're like, well, we have other kids with concussions, and they don't need, you know, accommodations. Why should you? And it's like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you
1: just want to city so wow. frustrating yeah <laughs> oh yeah um i mean yeah that's i mean whether it's a brain injury or whether you know in my field i see all sorts of injuries um as a physical therapist and so whether it's a brain injury whether yeah. it's an yeah. ankle sprain whether it's an acl tear whatever the injury you know each each individual, it's going to be different for every single person. Yeah. Everybody's body heals differently. Our chemistry is different. Um, mm-hmm. our, the, you know, our, our, the makeup of our body, how our body moves is different. Same thing with, the, same thing with brain injuries. It is going to be different yeah. across the board. And there is just not, there's no way you can, can sit there and look at someone and say, you hit your head. And over here, you hit your head. Okay. Everything should be exactly the same for both of you.
0: Mhm. Uh-huh. It's
1: just not yeah, something you know, that we should be doing.
0: You're right. You know, even like say a torn ACL, like, yeah, it's a similar injury. It has a pretty like projected, like you're going to be, you know, no walking for six to eight weeks. Like, but that one person mm. might recover super quickly in two months. And the other person might need six months to recover. Um, but it's, it's just treated differently. Like, there isn't comparison. Like, if that person recovered in a week in, or in a month and you're taking three months, they don't, like, judge you in the same way that I feel we get judged with brain injury. Right, right. And yeah. I think
1: the hard thing about especially something with, like, a brain injury that I know I experienced was you can't see it by looking at somebody. You know when people looked at me, um, especially after kind of that final final blow in two thousand and thirteen, and I'm just trying to you know go for a walk outside, when people looked at me, they saw a healthy twenty something year old woman, yeah. what they didn't see were the struggles internally or the struggles behind closed doors, the pain that I was in, the things that i I really couldn't do, and after a while, you know you just you try to do life to the best of your ability. They don't see what happens Mm -hmm. outside of you showing up and slapping a smile across your face because for me, you know, I wanted everything just to get back to life and I couldn't, you know, I, you talk to people that saw me, the very few people that kind of have seen me through this, this whole journey and it's, you know, a night and day difference and Mm -hmm. they would say, you know, you tried to do X, Y, and Z, you really wanted to be able to live life normally. And I would watch you try it, and I'd watch you fail. I'd watch you pick yourself back up, and you'd try it again. And it was just, you know, it, you can't tell by looking at someone. I think that's the hardest piece. Yes. No
0: one could tell that what was going on. Very invisible. Um, how yep. old were you again when, when that second impact happened, like your, your kind of debilitating incident? So the second impact syndrome
1: was freshman year of high school. So that was like 2005,
0: 2006? About like 13, 14 were in there. Um, Something like that. Or, yes. No. Yeah. Probably 15. Um I'm terrible with math sorry Um, yeah I
1: don't know anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) so did you start struggling in school as well like what what did that start to look like when did people did people start figuring things out like what, what were your parents thinking during all this
1: um with that one you know the I you know I had the residual headaches and that that caused that made school a little bit harder but You know, I wasn't given accommodations at that time. Um, Again, it just back then just wasn't something that was happening. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was at that time, you know, my parents just were, you know, going to see the neurologist, physical therapy um, for, you know, vestibular and and post-concussive symptoms and and things like that. Um, Let's throw, you know, these conventional medications, And actually, there is documented history, which we found out after I started treating with Dr. Gordon, there is some documented history of some of my hormones being off back then. Um, But Mm -hmm. their answer, you know, the answer back then wasn't, okay, let's figure out why this is going on. Um, Let's just put her on birth control. So we bring those levels back to normal Mm -hmm. and we move on with life.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So there yeah. wasn't really. So Traditional medicine that doesn't time. understand hormones very well either. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and that's so common to see after a brain injury. It's so common to see hormones being off, mm-hmm. and I think you were at a really vulnerable age too, because that's when your hormones are really changing. Um, they're shifting. Mm-hmm. They're shifting gears. You know. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can only imagine you kind of had a, a double whammy with yours. Um. So tell us a little, how, how did you come to find Dr. Borden? Um, so
1: following the kind of what I call the final blow um, back in 2013, um, I, uh, I really was without was a life. I had I was a couple months away from starting um, my doctorate of physical therapy. I was already accepted. You know, I moved down, down to Nashville and, and tried to start and just, within the first five weeks, you know, probably missed at least five days worth of school and and ended up on a medical leave. Um, And my parents really did everything and and anything they could. Um, I spent six months under the care of a concussion clinic down there where I was pumped with, you know, traditional pain medications, then some anti-seizure medications. Well, I had a scan that said I've never had a seizure. Um, Then a typical, you know, nerve pain medication that made me go from barely functional to non-functional to the point where my parents thought I was dead in my apartment. Um, that was the, okay, you're going to, that was the fo- phone call to the doctor that said, you're going to call me, how, tell me how to wean myself off of this and you're going to need to find another solution because I'm not going on anything else like what you've been given me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that started more phone calls that I found out during the film, the uh, filming of the documentary, my mom had an entire binder of phone calls that she made up and down the East Coast trying to find someone who could help me, Um, uh, which ended up, you know, uh, a long time business, business associate and, and family friend of ours, uh, business associate of my dad who knew Dr. Mark Gordon, um, you know, had heard what he had been doing with hormone replacement therapy for TBI and had said something to my dad about it, and said, you know, maybe it's something you guys should look into. And at that point, we had really tried anything to the point where I was ready to go under the knife because I'm saying they're missing something. Somebody's mm-hmm. missing something. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, cut me open, figure it out. But like, there's something else going on. Um, and so that led us, you know, that family friend of ours really led us um, to Dr. Gordon and and led me to his office and you know, the rest is history. It gave me my life back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and let's just back up a little. So you were, I mean, you were even considering taking your own life um, and I can totally relate to that. You're in all this pain and nobody's listening mm-hmm. to you. Nobody's giving you answers. They just want to keep pushing drugs on you that aren't helping, Um, I totally Mm -hmm. relate to that cycle of not feeling, you you just constantly feel like crap and you just want to get out of that cycle. Um, So tell us a little bit about that and what that was like for you. Um, Just
1: that feeling, um, you know, that I had dealt with actually anxiety and depression since high school, which who knows if that really was from the first bout of those diagnosed concussions back my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a history of PTSD um, as well, and all of that, you know, add the brain injury on top of that, and it just just amplifies all of it. And you're, you know, and, and I'm confined to basically a, a dark, quiet room most of the time because that's what I can tolerate. I'm alone. Um, nobody understands what's going on. Nobody is able to help me with what's going on. I'm in excruciating pain and it's just, I, I see the, the turmoil I'm, I'm putting my parents through and and my family through and it, maybe it would be better if I just didn't wake up the next day.
0: Maybe that would solve
1: everything. Um, and just kind of being at, at that, you know, rock bottom, 50 feet under, (laughs) Of, um, I don't, I don't know what else to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, I can so relate to that. You don't know what else to do, and you know we've been taught to blindly trust our doctors, and we expect our doctors to know how to help us. But if mm-hmm. they're not really specifically trained in brain injury. They have no idea. And, you know, we go to the neurologist because neuro is the brain, um, but they're really only taught how to deal with diseases such, you know, Parkinson, MS. Um, and don't get me wrong, we need them. Um, but unless you get really lucky, there's some that do understand brain injury, but often they don't. Mm-hmm. Like mine was telling me, we just have to give it more time. Yeah, like, that's the thing, no, line. give it time, give it, time, give it rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, concussion I've been line here for a year. <laughs> yeah.
1: mm-hmm. um, that, that classic, well, it just needs more time. It just needs more rest. And even after I started treatment with Dr. Gordon, I did need more time. I found relief very quickly. But in order mm-hmm. to do the things I wanted to do, like get back and finish my doctorate, I did still need more time because there was still that adjustment my body was still making with the treatments that I started. However, that give it more time when you've been lying in a dark, quiet room for a year, year and a half is like, okay, well how much more time? And mm-hmm. I sat at, I sat across from countless neurologists and endocrinologists and, and other various doctors who I've shared what treatment I'm doing with the hormonal replacement therapy with, with Dr. Gordon. And they just kind of look at me like, well, I don't really know anything about that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm not really going to touch that. And then mm-hmm. they kind of mm-hmm. move on and I'm like, okay, wait. So you don't know anything about it. You're not familiar with it. You're not comfortable with it, but I'm sitting across from you and telling you it saved my life. And you don't want to mm-hmm. ask more questions. I, um,
0: I feel you like I have this my, my experience with functional morality that's what helped me and I mm-hmm. wanted to tell every doctor I met about it and they're like mm, we just don't know much about that and it's like look at me I'm 10 mm-hmm. times different from the last time I was in your mm-hmm. office like it should speak mm-hmm. for itself <laughs> like oh yeah. uh, it's so yes. It
1: you you would think it, it it would and you would think there'd be more more people that would want to learn more about it and say, Oh, this is helping? Okay, how can I how can I learn about that mm-hmm. so that I can then also help other people who walk in here with the same issues.
0: Or refer to them, right? Like even just getting that's, yes. that's what I wish I could see happening in this country would be a better referral system. Like Traditional medicine wants to stay in their lane and only refer in their lane, and it's like we need yeah. to get out of that lane. We need to go three lanes over to Dr. Gordon or Dr. Stedman. You know, it's like we can't just stay in this lane because this lane's not working. This yeah. lane, this lane and is a dead end.
1: Exactly, and even you know, even when you look at the physical body, okay you know, and with what I do, it's the same thing. And, and we, I do, you know, I can treat, I do treat concussions. I do treat, you know, vestibular problems, but you know, at the end of the day, that shouldn't be whether it's physical therapy, whether it's, you know, certain medications or whatever, let's find what is actually going to work for that patient. And if one thing isn't Mm -hmm. working, let's go over here and try this. And that's really what should be happening except Yes, doctors kind of have their specialty, and they tend to stay in their lane, mm-hmm. and they don't really tend to look outside of there. Um, whereas I know, at least in 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 school, and and even now as a out out in the field, is look at what other options are out there. What are what is something else that may help this patient? Because what I'm doing is not necessarily. Yeah doing it the best for them and so I've always learned to look outside think out, look outside my lane think outside the box and and tailor what to, to what that patient needs in that moment
0: and that's really mm-hmm. what
1: should be happening across the board especially for brain injuries
0: you know and I think you're just going to be the most amazing physical therapist because you've been <laughs> through this like you can relate. And, you know, most of the doctors I've met who are incredible at brain injury, most of them have been through one or a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what What do you think your injury has taught you um, as far as being a better doctor? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> big question. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is a big question. Oh, my goodness. You know it's really to sit there and listen to your patient and really take mm-hmm. in everything that they're telling you um, because so there could be them. one little thing that that triggers like, oh, that's it. That's the pinpoint. That's the key phrase yeah. right there that leads me to where I need to go and how I can truly help this patient. Um, the other thing is just to, you know, for me, I felt very alone in everything I was experiencing. I, my friends didn't, hadn't gone through that, you know. No. Um, yeah. My friends have all continued to be able-bodied human beings, which is great, and I'm happy for them. I wouldn't wish what I went through upon anybody. But to, to sit there and, okay, it may not be the exact same thing, but I do get to a point, this is what I went through, and I know what you're going through is so hard, um, but let's get through this together. And to walk alongside a patient, and and say, this is not just you doing this alone. This is us going through this together to get you better. And you know, Quiet Explosions and 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 that film, I think for me, was the first time I didn't feel alone. Mm, um, yeah getting to see that at the cast and crew screening and then standing up and looking around me and looking at everybody who had been a part of this, it was the first time I felt validated in everything I had gone through and everything I had felt um, because I longed for for someone to understand um, because I've actually been there, not just that sympathetic, oh, I understand, you know, I get it, Um, but, someone who's been through the physical and psychological ramifications of these experiences. That Mm -hmm. is powerful. Um, You know, everybody in the film, you know, we have all been to hell and back in our own way, regardless of the backstory. Um, And now we get to say, Hey, you are not alone. There is help. There is healing out there. And, let us provide a
0: a, a doorway. If you do the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. The validation, you know, is so huge. I, you know, when I first mm-hmm. went to the functional neurologist, and he's like, he he validated all my symptoms and what I'm going through. He like, "No, you're not crazy." You know, <laughs> it was so validating, and then. When my piece on how post went viral, and I had all these people reach out to me who have been through a similar experience, that was my moment of alone. Because up until that point, I hadn't known anyone else who'd been through something Mm -hmm. like this. So, having that community of people, that's why I created my Facebook group. You know, just having a community of people who get it, right? Like, you might not know how to help each other, but you at least can,
1: like, commiserate with each other, yeah. Absolutely. You can sit there and be like, man, this this really stinks right now, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that feeling of validation and, and having someone else sitting there with you and being like, I get it. You know, I actually get it because I'm actually in it and I'm, or I've actually been there, that goes such a long way. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Juliana, we're just about out of time. This has been such a great conversation. And um, I would love to wrap up by asking you what your final parting thoughts are for our listeners. Um, what words of advice might you have for someone who's still struggling, who hasn't found the right help yet?
1: Keep searching. Um, watch the film Quiet Explosions. Um, see the stories. Hear the hope that comes out of that. Um, find your why. Find that thing that you are looking to get back to. Find those, those little things in life that bring you joy, and then let's just pursue the heck out of them. Um, and don't, don't stop searching for the right help for you because there is that help out there and there is that hope, that life there is life after your brain injury. Yeah. And 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 you know, death death will not win, you know, and mm-hmm. and and there is that hope and healing out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, great advice. Juliana, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for taking the time to share your story with our listeners. I really appreciate you being here today.
1: Thank you so much, Amy. It was it was such an honor to be here and, and I really enjoyed being able to share and um, chat with you.
0: No, oh, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And again, just a reminder to register for our awareness event on March 16th. Completely free, faces of TBI.com slash event. And another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. Schedule a free consultation at integratedbraincenters.com. And you can find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms such as iTunes or directly at faces you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zelmer, and also remember to join Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode. Plus.